guitar people, welcome to Have Guitar Will Travel, presented by Vintage Guitar Magazine, with your host, me, James Patrick Regan, otherwise known as Jimmy from the Deadlies. And today I'm speaking with Chris Shiflett from the Foo Fighters. In our conversation, we cover his new YouTube channel, Shred with Shifty, and his relationship with the guitarist he highlights on the show. We talk about the production of the show, and we discuss his Strat and his signature Telecasters, and we delve into his guitar collection. We talk about buying and selling guitars, and we talk about his new, new to him, 57 Gibson Les Paul Gold Top that's been re-scraped into Sunburst, and we discuss his amps, or lack thereof, for his solo project. We talk about an interview that Chris did with Marty Stewart, and we talk about Chris's defunct podcast, Walking the Floor. We discuss how he met and began to work with Dave Cobb, and we talk surfing. We also talk about working with Andy McCoy from Hanoi Rocks, which is a band that was a huge influence on Chris. Chris talks about his hair band and punk rock days, and he shared a picture with me that I'll post on Instagram for Have Guitar Will Travel. We talk about Chris's kids and touring plans. You can find out more about Chris at his website, chrisshifletmusic.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-S-H-I-F-L-E-T-T-M-U-S-I-C.com. Please like, comment, and most of all, share this podcast. I'd really appreciate it. And please support Vintage Guitar and all the wonderful things they do for us guitar players because they do so many wonderful things for us guitar players. Here's Chris. Oh. Hey there, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Nice to speak with you. I like your, um, your uh, what do they call it? Your inspiration board behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what happened to your inspiration board? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Red with Switch, Shifty. I, what the heck? You know, you have all those. Uh, I, I know. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm not at my uh, my little podcast uh, man cave uh, oh, okay. this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I. I should say I I feel like I know you only because I was a big fan of Walking the Floor. I I listen to oh, every, right. every episode. Uh-huh. Oh, cool! And we awesome. have Thank similar you. musical tastes, I, you know, in a lot of ways. Oh, right on! Yeah, yeah. right on. <laughs> I can see, I can see that by the Dwight Yoakam poster. Yeah, uh, Dwight's back. Yeah, there. he's falling over, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how did Shred with Shifty come up come about? Well, I, you know, I, I sort of got the idea initially really just because I, I watch a lot of people on YouTube explaining how to play, you know, yeah. Warren Martini guitar solos or whatever. And I just thought, you know, this would be so fun to, to actually just interview people about what they, what they play, you know, cause we all, we all want to know and we all think we know and you can learn so much by picking apart a recording but um there's usually more to it than that and then you know you get into like everybody's kind of like specific feel and all that sort of thing and it's it's um and it's the beautiful thing about guitar playing I'm, I'm always fascinated by like what people actually did and yet i never really learn it that way you know no, what i mean you always kind of take little bits and pieces and you fold it into your own thing and and um and you know at the end of the day it was just a good reason to talk to some more of my guitar heroes and and steal some of their licks really (laughs) (laughs) did you know rivers a long time before i like how did you meet him when you first came to la no i mean i saw weezer back then but um but i didn't know him personally i i would have first met him 
some point after joining Foo Fighters, you know, we toured with Weezer, but that might have been the first time I ever met him was the first time we toured with them. But we have done, we've toured with them, we've done shows with them. Um, I've known Scott Schreiner, you know, the bass player for Weezer for all, since, since back in the day when I was first living in L.A. Okay. Um, but uh, no, the rest of the guys I've just met through the years, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Through, just through rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. And how about yeah. Alex Lifeson? Have you, did you know him beforehand? I mean, I wouldn't say I knew him, knew him. I mean, I, I had met him again. Like, you know, they, they came out to a couple of Foo Fighter shows over okay. the years. And, right. yeah. um, and, uh, and but um, no, I just, I got his number from a mutual friend or I got his email from a mutual fr- friend and I'd never had direct contact with him before. But, you know, I've talked to him a little bit at, at, at some shows and, and he's always been like the nicest guy in the world. Uh-huh. And, um, and yeah, he's dead. He's so cool. And he's a huge influence oh yeah of course of course yeah and and lizzie Lindsay, i should say uh did i i had never met Lindsay. um and the producer for my show jason shadrick um knew okay. her and 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 reached out to her to see if she would do it and so um but it's funny since then uh-huh. she actually came out to a show when we were down doing shows day she came out to a show we just did in uh georgia or somewhere and, and got to actually hang out with her in person a little bit right and, um, and she was great man yeah. she's her that episode's really cool that's one of my favorite interviews so far yeah that's great i, I watched it yeah. today it came out today so, oh for real yeah. oh nice <laughs> that, yeah cool uh, and so is it a con- in conjunction with pre- premier guitar is that how it's all working out um kind of i mean the deal that i you know i pitched it to double elvis they got volume.com involved and um and once we sort of got there i needed to find a producer so i had met i knew jason through some of the other podcast stuff that he does um and and so you know luckily was able to to get him to be the producer for the show and so that's where that connection kind of okay came in and you yeah. kid you kidded about about video editing as opposed to audio editing are you actually uh, doing the editing nightmare <laughs> no i'm not doing the editing but i have to watch it and make notes okay you know what i mean yeah and so you're you're just watching yourself on camera like, like your face twitching making weird faces and say that's oh, terrible i hate it <laughs> i finally got used to having to listen to my own voice for all those years doing walk in the floor oh, of course and now there's like with this new thing there's this whole uh, you know this whole other awkward element to it you know to get used to yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah and you also kidded about using the strat you you didn't have a strat until like 15 years ago um, I don't know when I bought my first Strat. I've always liked Strats. I just never played them, you uh-huh. know? Um, and once I started kind of playing a lot of single coils, it was a Telecaster and not a Strat. I still don't play a Strat much. And it's like one of those funny things where, because I own a few of them and, um, and I, you know, Strat's like one of the great guitars of all time. It's sure, just yeah. not something I work into what I do much yeah you know yeah. um so maybe maybe i'll remedy that at some point <laughs> uh the your model telecaster is it still in production um i believe so we've got uh we've got another one that we're working on you know i did the the production model was the first version uh-huh. um and then a few years later we did like the master built version 
version that we okay. refer to as the cleaver. It's like the super fancy one. And those are sort of opposite ends, you know, one's like very affordable and one's t- t- astronomically expensive. <laughs> so we're doing one that kind of sits in the middle is like a, a American made production version of the cleaver uh-huh. that I don't know what it's not going to come out for a while. But um, but we've been just kind of getting it together and uh-huh. also figuring humbuckers? out what it's what it's going to be. No, it's going to be P90s. Oh, really? Yeah. And, yeah. And so when you do your own, I saw you at Bottle Rock. Um, I, it was probably it was pre-COVID, I think, or yeah. maybe right after. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, like 2019, 2018, something like that. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And uh, yeah. and you, I think you were playing a telly then, but I, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but single coils. Yeah, I usually with my solo stuff, I usually just play like a classic telly, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and how many of those do you have? If you don't mind me oh, asking. Oh, God. <laughs> I, too, too many to count. Um, yeah. Uh, I have a lot. I really, there's a handful of them that I sort of keep in, in steady rotation. There's, um, there's that uh, custom shop butterscotch one. It's uh-huh. usually my main go-to. I have one that's like, a, um, it's actually like a parts guitar. Um, but it's uh it's like a uh paisley telly um and then i have a bunch of um what are the is it a telly custom or whatever you know the one that's bound yeah i have i have a bunch of those in a bunch of different colors but the ones that i tend to play the most are the green one it's like seafoam green yep i have a red one that i that i play a lot um i have a black one i have a blue one (laughs) a bunch of you know like um yeah, I, 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 you know how it is with guitars. You just kind of can't stop buying them. Yeah, it, you at one point you sold a bunch of stuff off. Is that correct? That reverb or I did, yeah. yeah. And and what I was did. that? Were you trying to buy something or were you just cleaning cleaning up? A little bit of both. Um, I was I I had the idea that I would sell all those and then buy like a couple nice vintage things. Um, I wound up basically doing a straight trade for one fifty seven Les Paul. Oh wow. Um yeah, that um and I I play that a lot, uh in Foo Fighters. Uh-huh. Um yeah, I like I keep that one out on the road. Um yeah, that's I'm I want to do that again here at some point because that's <laughs> that's a that's a good way. You know, like you you wind up just when you when you're doing this, like you wind up collecting more guitars than you can really play. Oh sure. And um, and it's nice to sort of thin out the herd and turn them into like one really nice thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. And and so fifty seven Les Paul, is it a gold top or is it a sunburst? It it started its life as a gold top, and somebody took the paint off. I have okay. no idea. I don't know what the story is with that, but it's um it's yeah it's just natural finish. And uh, and you can see like the different pieces. I think it's really cool. It makes it like very, um, you know, it's like less collectible. But it's like it for as a player, it's got everything you want. It's got the original PAFs. It's the old wood. It's you know, it's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and as far as amps for your own stuff, like what do you use? And as uh, deluxe reverb or uh, a deluxe. Reverb. Deluxe reverbs. A lot of times it's a deluxe reverb. Sometimes it's a Princeton reverb. Um, okay. For live lately, I've been playing. Uh, I'm, I'm like in cuckoo land. I've been playing like a Strymon Iridium. 
Oh wow! That I have set to the deluxe. Yeah, because. So I'm, I'm buying in-ears and I'm playing like for my solo thing, I point at playing little clubs uh-huh. and I, I've just, it's always been, especially when you're on in-ears, it's always been kind of a source of frustration to, um, it just never sounds very good. You yeah. know, you're dealing with different power and stuff. You're, you know, we generally, we're not bringing a, our own sound person out there. It can be really inconsistent. And I, and I like the, uh, the consistency of the, of the iridium, you yeah. know? And yeah. why not? Why not just go with monitors and and amps and everything like that? Because it just you know, it just off like I it, it just doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't sound good most of the, honestly it just sounds like shit most okay. of the time I just like I don't I don't dig it you know right. it's it's I'm I'm spoiled um, <laughs> you know like. In Foo Fighters, it's perfect every night. You know what I mean? We have a fucking huge crew of people that make it perfect every single night. Uh And when I go out on my solo stuff, it's anything but, you know? It's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And I just like to take out any variables that make it sound shitty. Because if if your guitar sounds thin and crispy and brittle, it's just like, I just, I'm not going to have a good time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not somebody that, like, I, I get the idea, like you know, I, 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 if if I could bring my fucking my vintage stuff and 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 really make it work and and have the help to to sort of to to get it there, that would be my preference. Uh-huh. But I, it's just not an option. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I, I mean, I just to me, it's like these new like amp modelers and stuff. It's just it's just I'm not. It doesn't put me off. You know, they're, they're, it's come so far that I think that a lot of it sounds really good. Yeah, certainly. Certain. I mean, there's, yeah. there. We could, we could, uh, we could go all day and name all the bands that are playing, like in that, in that, in that way. And they're all big bands. Yeah. And so, oh yeah. So they yeah, must know sure. something. <laughs> and like yeah. you, like yeah. you, they must know something. <laughs> what? How's your amp collection at home? It's pretty good. Um, I've got some nice old blackface stuff, some old tweed stuff, some old Marshalls. Um, you know, of course, all my like Vox handwired stuff and some vintage Vox stuff. Um, I've got all those Freedmans that I love. Um, <laughs> do you yeah. have a warehouse? <laughs> um, I mean, we we do. Yeah, we got. Yeah, there's, no, there's but, a lot but of gear. Personally, do you have like yeah. do, like do you have oh. a separate like studio? place where you keep all your stuff i i do have a i do have my own little studio not too far from where i live but i don't keep a lot of stuff there because i just it's i don't need it you okay. know right. over there yeah no i keep i keep most of my stuff at at, at foo fighters hq okay yeah yeah <laughs> um th- so walking the floor the one of my favorite interviews of all time doesn't matter what podcast it, uh, it, it, we're talking about it was marty marty stewart is it oh yeah and dwight dwight was great too and marty was so cool like marty the marty is like the ultimate professional like a when i when i interviewed him there was a stretch there when we were it was we were in the middle of making a foo fighter record right here uh-huh. here in la and um and so i was scheduling at that point this was pre-covid so i was still doing all the interviews in person yeah and i was scheduling them um, early because I would have to be in the studio by, you know, about 11 o'clock or so every day. And so I think I had it scheduled for like nine in the morning 
And my studio was like, at, at that time, was in Mar Vista. So it's, by L.A. standards, it's a little off the beaten path, you sure. know, because most people are probably staying over in Hollywood or in the Valley or something. So, um, so pretty much universally, everybody would be late, you know, uh-huh. to, to get there. But Marty Stewart showed up like five minutes early, dressed to the nines, hair <laughs> perfect, just walks in. He's like, he's just, he's Marty Stewart at, you know, 8.55, ready to roll. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and getting him to play this Waymore's Blue at, at the end was, was fantastic, too. Dude, that haunts me to this day because I was so, I didn't expect nobody had ever asked me to play with them on my show before. Uh-huh. I didn't prep for it. And you know, way more blues obviously it's like a three chord song, but he asked me to do it and I was so stunned I couldn't remember how to play what the timing of it was. Uh-huh. And I floundered it. Oh, but it was and great. I think about that. It even made I, I it think better. about that. <laughs> I think about that to this day like, "Oh my god, the one moment I ever had to play along with Marty Stewart and I totally blew it." <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. Not at all, you did. Uh, it, it made it better. It made it more real. Uh, I should say. Have you had an opportunity? All right. It was very real. It <laughs> yeah. was very real. <laughs> Have you had an opportunity to play with him since then? No, I've never even come I've never crossed paths with him since. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. He was so cool. He was such a nice guy. It's totally great. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> and what a player. And he's the epitome of this thing that you see in country music where, like, you know, you have somebody like Marty Stewart who's, like, you know, incredible player. And then in his band, he has another incredible player. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and then the best musician of all of them is Chris Scruggs. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, another in completely incredible player. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, to, what brought the end of Walking the Floor? Um, I just, you know, I was starting to get, uh, I was starting to plan this new thing. Okay. And, um, and I just didn't have the time to do both at the same time. In addition to, like, you know, Foo Fighter stuff and, um, uh, you know, putting out solo music and all, all the, and being a dad and what I, you know, just like, I just, I just kind of ran out of time and, um, and I needed to take a break from it. It's funny, during COVID lockdown, all of a sudden, I was busier with my podcast than I'd probably ever been because everybody was grounded. And so everybody's publicist was looking for something for them to do. So there was this period there for a while where it just like, it just started to feel like I was like, I feel like I'm a full-time podcaster and I don't want to be, I want to be a part-time podcaster. I'm a full-time musician. I'm a full-time dad. I don't want to be a full-time podcaster. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And so I kind of got burnt on it, but I I will probably revisit it at some point. You know, I'll probably, um, you know, and maybe, you know what I like about this new one that I'm doing is that it's seasonal. So I sort of, I commit to a certain amount of episodes. Okay. And, you, you know, so it's not this thing, like with Walking the Floor, it wasn't that. It was just, I would just work on it when I when I had time. So it was just always kind of going. And I always had that thing of like, I need to keep, I need more in the can, I need more in the can, you know. You got, and, then, and then when you do that, you've got this other thing where you're like, oh my God, I got to get to that. I got to get to, and it's just sort of always nagging at the, at the back of your mind. Like, oh, I got to edit that. I got to post it. I got to get that, you know. Um, Were you do, was it a, podcast problems, man. <laughs> was it you a know? Man, yeah, I do. <laughs> what, was it a one-man show? Were you doing everything? It was, and that's also what I love about this new one is I have support people that I'm working <laughs> with. I have editors. I have a producer. I have some other people to, to do, uh, you know, the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I can only imagine yeah. what that's. But like. I, I might jump back into it at some point. It'd be fun to get back to it at some point, you know, and and um, and, and do it, you know, seasonal and 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 with maybe with the crew that that I'm doing it with now. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, how often do you get to Nashville? Um, I get out there pretty frequently, you know, especially if, you know, when, like when I was recording my new record, I was I was there three times or so in 2021. Okay. Um, you know, we were just out there. Are you in Nashville? No, I'm in Napa, but it starts with an N. Oh, you're in Napa. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, cool. No, we were, uh, I was just out there for Bonnaroo. Okay. Um, I, I, the, yeah. only, the only reason I asked is I, the Carters posted that video of you playing a song. Oh yeah. Today. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was actually, I was out there. Um, when I did that, I was out there earlier this year. I don't remember exactly when it was earlier this year. We went out and got to open up for Blackberry smoke at okay. the Ryman. Oh wow. Which was, yeah, which was fantastic. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. You, yeah. you did some touring with them, right? You as like, as the opener. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I put out hard lessons, I I got to do a couple weeks of dates with them. It's that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's they're they're good buddies and you know a band that I love. Oh, of course. Talk about talk about uh, cool guitar collection, man. Charlie's got one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. And how how originally did did you meet Dave Cobb through the podcast or did you meet him beforehand? Through the podcast. Yeah, I interviewed him. And um, interviewed him at Studio A out there in Nashville, and and um, he was just so cool. I just I I got up the nerve after I interviewed him, like maybe like a week later or something. I called him up and was like, "Hey, would you you know work on an album with me?" And uh, to my great uh, surprise, he said yes. Right on, right on. And did he produce yeah. the one that's coming out in November? No, it was uh, Jaron Johnston from Cadillac Three. Okay, uh, produced wow. it. Right yeah. on. Yeah, also a great. Yeah, band. yeah. <laughs> Another great yeah. band. Is he a producer or a, apart from his work at, on, in Cadillac 3? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaron's like, he's, he's, a, he's a, a man of many hats. He, um, he's a, a great producer. He obviously does his thing in, in Cadillac 3, and then he's also a great songwriter. He writes with a lot of people. Okay. All right. And yeah. are, where are they based? And also in Nashville? Oh, yeah. He's, he's born and raised in Nashville. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on. Surfing. He's Nashville to the bone. <laughs> surfing. You still surf? Yeah. Absolutely. I was just surfed Trancus last night with Where, my son. Where's Trancus? It's like the north end of Zuma, okay. basically. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right on. That's All right, do you surf? I, I haven't surfed in a while, but yes, I do surf. I, I, you know, once, oh, once nice. you surf, but, but I'm up here where it's cold. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm heading up there... Um, not this weekend, but next weekend. Yep. Um, well, I'll be up there this weekend too, but I'll be up there next weekend again up in NorCal, and I'm playing in Half Moon Bay, and and Santa Cruz, and I, and I'm I'm gonna try the promoter in Half Moon Bay uh, is gonna take us to go surf up there. I've never surfed Half Moon Bay. He was like, "You want to go out at Mavericks?" I was like, "No, <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not the kind of surfer I am." <laughs> like, is there some, is there like somewhere that's like three to four and peaky? You know, that, um, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Working with the McCoy, with uh, Andy McCoy, how was that? Oh yeah, was this? It was it was pretty nuts. It didn't last long. Yeah, um, yeah. You got I mean, along uh, and everything. You know, until we didn't. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's all water under the bridge now. But, um, but uh, I mean, you know, 
Hanoi Rocks is, is one of the biggest influences on me ever. Yeah. Um, and uh, and still a band that I, I whose catalog I go back to like a lot. Uh-huh. And um, and so yeah. So and I'd gotten to know Andy here and there, and and he asked me to come play on. on it was just we just did, we were supposed to do like a you know it was like a week long tour or something okay. of Finland. Um, and it just, we got through a couple of shows and it just kind of fell apart, but, um, <laughs> sorry, but, uh, you know, these things happen. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pass it up. Yeah. Uh, Hanoi rocks is a little bit, uh, before your time, so to speak. Uh, no, did, that's very much my time. Did you get that's to very see much play? my time? Did you ever get to see? No, him? I never did. Cause I got into, I got, uh, we sort of discovered them when that, when their last record came out. Okay. You know, when Two yep. Steps from the Move came out, yeah. you know, and by the time I really was, you know, like was figuring out that they had all these other records and stuff, you know, the Razzle died yeah. and um, and I never saw them live. I, I don't know if they I think they played L.A. at some point, maybe before all that, but I don't know yeah, for I sure. That, they I know they toured the U.S. a bit, but I don't yeah. I think they were like that was they were in the middle of it mm-hmm. on that tour. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think they were supposed to play like the palace or the Santa Monica civic or something, but like, you know, I didn't have tickets to it. And then, and and, you know, and then, and then they died. But then, um, and, and, you know, in those days it was different because you didn't, I you know, they started showing like up around the band and, um, um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams on on MTV a yep. little bit, yep. and their and their pictures were popping up in like Kerrang magazine and of stuff, course, and yeah. so we we're starting to kind of figure out who they were. And it was such a breath of fresh air from the stuff that I was listening to at that time. Oh yeah, and just so different. And and right at that time, you had their influence in LA. All these bands were beginning to bubble up that were sort of like taking over from what had been. It had been more like the heavy metal stuff before that, and you had like Guns N' Roses and Poison and all sure. these bands kind of com- coming up. Um, but, and then, and, and so when they broke up, then a couple of years later, you know, when Cherry Bombs got going, we managed to see them a couple of times. They actually played in Santa Barbara, which oh, was wow. a trip. Yeah. Um, so I got to see that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but uh, never did see the original Hanoi. Although they just did the uh, that reunion show. Oh, yeah. I watched a bunch of that online. It looked amazing. It sounded yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, have you had an opportunity to work with Michael Monroe at all? Um, not really to work with him, but yeah, I've, I've gotten to know him a bit. Oh, cool. Um, well, he was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Another great interview. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Another. Yeah, totally. And Sammy Yaffa, too. You know, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Michael Monroe looks like I mean he's he hasn't missed a beat. He's still f- cooking. Oh, he's still going strong. Yeah, yeah, he's still going strong. I, I hope they do a. Um, uh, I was hoping after that reunion show that that would lead to a, a reunion tour. So uh-huh. you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, Michael Monroe played up here in in the uh, Northern California uh, right before COVID, and uh, oh, okay, did one show. It was, it was amazing, amazing. <laughs> I tell you, the the first time I almost saw Michael Monroe was he played at, um, he did a solo show. It was, would have been around the time that that first solo record that it wasn't released here, but he, there was a solo record before Not Faking It, and I can't remember what it was called now. Um, it was sometime in the later 80s, and he played at scream or club with no name or one of those 
spots down down here in Hollywood. And we heard about it. And we all drove down, but it was like 21 and up, oh. and we were in high school, so oh. we couldn't get in. So we we sat out the back waiting. And he walked out finally, you know, after his show. At some point, he left, and we and we got an interview, or we got a uh, a picture with him. Oh, okay. Great. And and I'll never forget. Like I was like, it made my life. And when we got the 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 film developed, my girlfriend had accidentally stuck her finger oh, over the lens. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken, man. Heartbroken. In, in high school, did you have the hair? Did you have the big hair? Oh my God! Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> See, there's yeah, none, there's I, none of those pictures was, of you out out there in the, in the wilderness. No, they're they're out there, man. Are I they? put them. I sometimes I'll post them. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, I'll send you one. <laughs> I said, I'll send you my my most um, Mike Monroe, Michael Monroe looking. Um, when you were playing in punk bands, were you? <laughs> did you guys travel up to San Francisco a bunch and play the Mubuhe or any of those places? Um, I never played there i mean that was way before my time um i lived in san francisco in from um uh from about 1995 to 2000 oh, okay but that was long oh, after yeah, mabuhe and all that stuff <laughs> yeah no that was that was just the stuff of legend no like when i lived up there um is when i was playing in no use for a name okay and um san francisco was was interesting at that point because you know that was like that whole like '90s punk rock thing was kind of at its apex in okay. those years, and uh, but it wasn't really happening in 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 San Francisco. No. You know there'd be shows at the Fillmore, there'd be shows at um, here and there, but it was really more that was more something that, sh in, that was going on in the burbs. Mm -hmm. Like San Francisco proper wasn't like you know like like even though Fat Records was there, it wasn't like there was nobody that was into it, but it, that was not. It's like my memory of that time seeing bands live would be like noise bands and you know stuff like that would become more around or the um the the primus e bands well there was that whole thing too yeah sure yeah, yeah. with me first and the gimme gimme's what were you what kind of where were you guys playing did you guys ever tour uh well eventually they turned that into a uh big touring thing yeah. uh, but I wasn't really a part of that I mean I toured a little bit with the gimmies but not much because by the time that was sort of going I was already in Foo Fighters and busy okay, doing that right. but um, but um, but where the whole sort of idea initially was was just to play every now and again around town and we just with our friends and just kind of get fucked up and, and have a good time <laughs> but um, and we did that for a little while and, and I can't remember the name of the place that we played the first Gimme's gig, but I want to say it was maybe down in the Mission somewhere. Okay. Um, God, what was the name of that place? Uh, I don't remember. The, you know, the places that we, I feel like we maybe, I don't know if we ever played Covered Wagon, but that was definitely a spot that I went to a lot. Uh -huh. um, I don't feel like we ever, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I think we played the, we played someplace up on Hate Street, I can't remember. They're, they most of the time I was if I was going to a show it would be like at Bottom of the Hill or yeah. or Covered Wagon or something like that. But maybe the milk most bar. of the time, um, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> but it, but it could have been you know it could have been. Um, uh, but or the Kilowatt you know I remember going to the Kilowatt. Sure. I don't think Gimme's ever played there. We just played some bars kind of around town. Yeah. Okay. More, more. But then there was like. I mean, I'm so senile, dude. I don't remember. There was like, um, 
There was a couple other spots that I'm totally drawing a blank on now. But we just played around town here and there, yeah. small shows. And, yeah. and taking it to today, so when you're, when you're doing your solo shows, is Brian in the band or, or um, Brian Whelan? Oh, Brian Whelan? No, not right now. It's just me and my friend Robert plays drums, and then my friend Fox plays bass, and we do it like a three-piece. Oh, right on. Right. Wow, that's great. Yeah. The uh, Are you guys traveling in a van, or are you traveling in a bus? Or Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's it's all van. Oh, all van all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The Sprinter? <laughs> no, not that fancy. Wow. Um, it's, uh, it's just a good old-fashioned 15-passenger Chevy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Old school. <laughs> How many guitars are you taking with you? It's, it's, it's great until you're on like an eight-hour drive. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I, I usually just take two, man. I, can, I, I like to uh, – it'd be nice to take three, but I, I usually just take two. Uh-huh. And I can I, get it done with two. Are you bringing? A- I mean, I could get it done with one, really, but for like for like drop tunings and capos and stuff, it's nice to have a second guitar. Oh yeah, of course. The, and the, oh, I just saw your picture. That's fantastic. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the are you are you bringing? Are you have crew with you, or is it just three of you? Yeah, we we usually do. We're um, we uh, I like to bring a you know. Um, uh, my buddy Mike uh, TMs and does merch, uh-huh. and then we—it's nice to have somebody up on helping us on stage. And um, and for the NorCal stuff, I have a, a front of house dude lined up, all right, all right. Um, which is always nice because we're playing like with, we have like a track rig and we're all in in ears, and so it's like it can be kind of like difficult when you don't have somebody, somebody that knows the system. That can, that, yeah, you know what I mean? It's sort of where to stick the track stuff cuz I like to keep like the what we're actually doing live is prominent and then the track stuff just kind of settles in under it and just sort of enhances it, you know. Yeah. It's like percussion and keys and an acoustic guitar and a pedal steel and like all the stuff that that you just can't af- afford to bring. Oh yeah, of course. You know. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's these dates are have do you have any solo gigs for the rest of the year after this little run right here? Uh, just the odd one here and there, you know, we're going to, I'm going to do, um, I'm playing, um, out in Chicago with Jim from Pennywise. We're going to do like an acoustic show. Okay. Uh, when I, when I'm out there for Riot Fest and I think I'm going to play maybe once or twice down in Austin when I'm down there for ACL. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then, and then just, you know, kind of trying to figure it out. I can't look too, too far forward. Are down the road, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I understand. But, it starts but, to stress me out. <laughs> I'm excited to hear the new record. That, the, uh, the song, oh, cool. The song that you played at Carter's, that's not on the new record, that's on a previous record, correct? Um, that was the, just a standalone song that okay. I put out a, a, a while ago. Yeah, that, that uh, what was it? That was that long, long year? Yeah. That one? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, right on. Um, yeah. And so being a dad, how old are your sons now? My oldest is about to turn 20. Wow. Um, I know. And then I got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old as well. Okay. And who were you surfing with yeah. yesterday? My my almost 20-year-old. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I, should, I should point out, too, that he was going surfing with his friends, and I just completely, like, 
jumped into their scene. It's like, hey, I'll come too. I'm like, where are you going? I'll meet you up there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've probably taken too much of your time, so I'm going to let you go. But I really appreciate you speaking with me. Yeah, man. Good (laughs) talking to you. Nice talking to you too. I hope I uh, get to run into you in person here one of these days. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, I got to come play Napa. Yeah, or well, you're 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 playing Novato, but I'll be playing in Lake Shasta on that particular day. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll be back at some point. Yeah, right on. It's not that far. Awesome, man. It's just an yeah. hour driving a van. There you go. <laughs> we know how that goes. <laughs> right on. Thank you, Chris. Right on. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Have Guitar, Will Travel. You can catch up on all the things I'm doing at thedeadlies.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms as well. And please support Vintage Guitar and all the wonderful things they do because they do many, many wonderful things for us guitar players. Thanks. Please subscribe. Please tell a friend. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.